I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Deconstructed. I'm Mehdi Hassan. Welcome to only our second live show here in Washington, D.C. Tonight, with the impeachment inquiry intensifying and the 2020 Democratic primary heating up, I'm going to speak to two of America's leading progressives, I think it's fair to say, with very strong views on the future of the left more broadly and the Democrats in particular. How we can continue to resist the ongoing Trumpification of U.S. politics and what regular citizens can be doing to make their voices heard. So without any further ado, I'm going to introduce my two very special guests here at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. for this Deconstructed Live show. My first guest, give it up for author, activist, campaigner, general troublemaker and Oscar winning filmmaker Michael Moore. Thank you. Thank you. And our other guest, who's come straight from voting on Capitol Hill, is a certain congresswoman from Minnesota, Representative Ilhan Omar. Michael Ilhan, thanks for coming on Deconstructed. So lovely to have you here in DC. You're, in, you're from New York, you're from DC, you're in DC. Thank you for being here. A little bit, I work here. You work here. From Minnesota. Minnesota. You, you're happy to be here in DC? Do you like coming to DC, Michael? Um, yeah, actually, I, uh, I made Roger- Said with such enthusiasm. <laughs> well, no, I was just, no, because I made Roger and Me, my first film, oh, yes. uh, two blocks from here, actually right on this street where it meets I Street. You remember uh, there used to be a Tower Records there? That's where I made Roger and me. That was you gotta ask if they know what records are. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I, asked my so daughter, I, I asked my daughter what MTV is the other day and she had no idea. I spent three years here making that, my first film. Okay. So. so we're getting into the chat. I was planning to start this discussion, this show, by talking about what else do we talk about in this town but the narcissist in chief, the tangerine tyrant in the White House. <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump. But before we get to Trump, there have been some very interesting events in the last few days. Um, Both of you, Ilhan and Michael, came out and endorsed Bernie Sanders uh, for President of the United States for the Democratic (laughs) presidential nomination. There's a few... There's a a small handful of Bernie supporters I see in the crowd. Um, Let me ask each of you then to kick off. Why Bernie Sanders? And especially for the progressive listening here in the room and at home, why Bernie Sanders and not Elizabeth Warren? Ilham. Oh, uh, well, let me just say why Bernie. Um, for me, you know, I am one of those people who is inspired by um, the movement Bernie built. Uh, that's what initially inspired me to run for office. Um, Bernie is someone that I share incredible values with. 
Um, and as you know, we have been doing a lot of work together. We introduced our student debt cancellation together. Um, and this week, we introduced another revolutionary uh, bill together to make sure that there are universal school meals um, for, for all of our kids. You know, when I think about Bernie, I think about someone who's not building, uh, who's building a movement and not just running for president. Um, there was an America that I dreamed about. There's an America that I think we deserve. Uh, and Bernie is the only one who shares that vision for the America we all want. I have to ask, though, Ilhan, just over a year ago, you were on this show. I interviewed you. You were running for Congress. Uh-huh. And I asked you if Bernie Sanders should run for president again. And you said, quote, I actually believe that ship might have sailed. I asked you what you made of Elizabeth Warren, and you said, quote, I think I would be excited about a Warren candidacy. I've always thought of myself as part of the Warren wing of the party. What changed for you in the 12 months since then? Mahdi always comes with receipts. Well, it was my show, so I couldn't really forget. Uh, sometimes you have to be reminded about the vision you um, truly believe in uh, and what, where your core values lie. Uh, and for me, I know that um, there are people that I have to switch um, some things around, and there are people who are just easy to believe in. Um, and I was reminded that Bernie is one of those people. Um, Do you think Warren has switched things around? For me, um, what, what I also believe is that uh, there is a Warren wing of our, our party, um, and I would say that's most Democrats. I mean, it's the, it's the one thing that everybody accuses us of. We think we're the smartest in the room. Um, we are very policy-oriented. We care about the details. Um, just today we were, you know, fighting about a lot of things that most people can't understand. Uh, and there is that aspect of, of Warren that is exciting. She has a plan for everything. Um, but there is, I think, an expansion of what universal values are uh, and how we should be thinking about what kind of revolutionary ideas um, this country needs in order for these structural changes that Warren talks about to be implemented. And that person who will carry that out is Bernie. Okay, Michael, you were at the big rally in Queens with Bernie and AOC at the weekend. You spoke, you endorsed uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Why did you back Bernie over Elizabeth Warren? Because you've heaped praise on Warren in the past. Uh, You've had her in, I think, two of your movies. Uh, You said said in the past she should be president one day, uh, but I guess just not today. Uh, Yeah, actually, as a director, I discovered her. Uh, Nobody had put her in a movie or on TV or anything before I did. Okay. Uh, I... (laughs) I'm, no, I'm serious. I met her in 2005 and, uh, at Harvard, and I thought, wow, she gets it. She has it, and, uh, and I'm proud and honored to have had her uh, in my films. Bernie, though, I didn't decide this week to endorse Bernie. I flew up to Burlington, Vermont in 1990, the first time that he won for Congress up there, and I told the story on Saturday of how uh, he couldn't get any celebrities like real celebrities, to come out yeah. there and endorse a democratic socialist in Vermont. Yeah. And <clears throat> I got there, and all he had were uh, two Vermont guys who made ice cream and <laughs> one guy from Michigan who ate ice cream. So <laughs> that was it. 
That was my first rally. Uh, I've, I've seen no need to change my mind about endorsing him in these 30 years because he hasn't changed. He's never sold out. He's never gone back on his word. He's never let people down. He's never cashed in in the way that so many politicians do. And he comes from the working class, and it's rare that we get to have... And, you know, he's so humble about this. He won't, Sean King, when he introduced him back in, in uh, January when he announced in yeah. Brooklyn, at Brooklyn College, um, told his whole story, his family, yeah. the, the family of Holocaust survivors, and, and how... Um, it, it's like anytime I talk about Bernie, um, I like to have on the screen behind me the picture of him from 1963 in Chicago, uh, where the police are violently arresting him uh, because uh, he is demonstrating against uh, uh, segregation um, and civil rights, for civil rights. And that's who he's always been, a fighter. So 30 years before I even endorsed him in 1990, He's out there fighting for the people. Yeah. And, and here, and the, but at the fundamental core of most of these problems I've made movies about, um, and I'm really, and I decided actually 10 years ago to stop making films about issues like healthcare, guns, uh, industrial, you yeah. know, General Motors, because all those problems had one consistent core denominator throughout all of it, and that is an economic system that's unfair, it's unjust, and it's not democratic. So, and, so and, he will, and he will he will never say, I'm a capitalist to my bones. Yeah, which and, is what Warren has said. Yes, he does say he's a socialist. I want to put this point to... He's a democratic to, socialist. Democratic socialist. He wants to, so I want to put this point to Ilhan. There was a poll earlier this year that found only 47% of Americans uh, would vote for a socialist as president, compared to 66% who said they'd vote for a Muslim as president. Now, if you're less popular than the Muslims <laughs> when it comes to voting, can you really be president of the United States? Can you really get a majority? Well, I mean, I think most people, um, whether they, they love or hate Muslims, at least have an understanding, I will say now, of what a Muslim looks like. Um, there is still a clear misunderstanding of what it means to be a democratic socialist. Um, and, you know, Bernie is having the opportunity to explain that. Um, there are other members of, of Congress now who identify as such, uh, who have gotten elected by the majority of, of their districts. Uh, and I think there is an opportunity to expand. Do you, do you identify as a socialist? I do not. You do not, but, no. you support, but you're supporting Bernie's socialist. Michael, do you identify as a socialist? Yeah, yes, and, uh, uh, but, but you see, here's well, the thing. Well, I, mean, I think what the reason <laughs> is because there are too many labels on yeah. me, um, it's hard and to I just, just do not it, add hard, an extra one. Right, because, if, because it, to just say that, uh, I was on Hannity's show, and uh, he, said, he asked me the same question you asked. That's so the that, worst thing anyone has ever said to me. <laughs> but I asked the same question as Sean. I think I'm going to retire from the interviewing business tonight. Well, okay, but... This was no, a but short you threw interview. shade on her for the Elizabeth Warren comment from last year. So I, I'm just, I'm just want to, I want to, I want to challenge Michael you. Michael has my back. Yes, I just want to challenge oh, you yeah, on the way you pose the question. Yeah. Because you posed it the way the corporate mainstream media 
poses that question. I don't agree, because I'm actually probably to the left of both of you. I'm from the UK, American left is nothing, right? Yeah. Just to be clear about that, I would nationalize all the industries in this country in a second. That's not the point. The point is you have to live in the real world, and I'm saying the reality is a lot of Americans don't like socialism or socialism. I'm not defending that, as that, Sean Hannity does. I'm saying that's the, just a reality. But as you pointed but I mean, so, out, 47% yeah. said they would vote for a socialist, yeah. and actually the number amongst 18 to 35-year-olds is much higher. But that, again, quoting those statistics, there's a similar poll uh, a couple months ago that showed that um, the, what's the, uh, the, the portable, the Roomba, the Zumba? What's the thing that uh, vacuums your? The Roomba. Uh, that got, <laughs> no, but, but would you, if you had your choice of voting for a Roomba or a Muslim, that beat Muslim. Wow. So it's, it's a Roomba, <laughs> wow. Muslim, Whoa. socialist. Wow. I so mean, now the Republicans need to know what put up in Ilhan's district. I'm just saying. Next yes. year. But but I, I, by I, the way. I think also a, a huge point we're missing is that if you say I live in the real world um, and polls prove what the real world looks like, I wouldn't be here. Right. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wouldn't get elected. None Great. of That's the a very people. Good point. Um, that, are, that are shaking up Washington wouldn't exist. Uh, very quickly, I'm just going to ask our audience here, because I'm guessing it's a largely progressive audience, although Trump supporters, if you're here, welcome. Uh, it's a safe space. Um, quick, quick poll of the audience. It's a podcast, so make some noise. Uh, if you want to see Bernie Sanders as the next Democratic presidential nominee, make some noise. If you want to see... If you want to see... Elizabeth Warren is the next nominee of the Democratic Party. Make some noise. Marianne Williamson. No? No? Nobody? Okay, Joe Biden. What a guy. Joe Biden's got one guy at the Deconstructed Podcast. I love it. Uh, very quickly, before we move on, just on the Democratic race, Michael, talking of throwing shade, um, you said in August that any of the Democrat candidates, the leading candidates, could beat Donald Trump, but none of them could crush him. The person who could crush him was Michelle Obama. Do you still want Michelle Obama to run for president? Well, I want to crush him. Uh, <laughs> but do you, do you, would you like her to crush him or Bernie no, Sanders when, to crush no, him? No, but when the polls are showing that Biden can beat him, Buttigieg can beat him, yeah. Kamala Harris can beat him, yeah. then I'm, I'm like, okay, that's right, because Hillary beat him. Yeah. Hillary beat him. Yeah. Okay, so obviously beating him as long as we still have the electoral college. So isn't then, why enough. Michelle? What was the, what was the because she's of? beloved across this country. I've watched her book tour on C-SPAN. She's out in Iowa. Ten to fifteen thousand people are showing up. They've had to move her from bookstores to arenas across the Midwest. She's not going to fix the economic and system that you want fixed that you just said in the same way that Bernie Sanders would. Well, yeah, because I don't, you don't ha I don't have a litmus test that you have to follow along with everything I believe in. I also believe she has a heart, and I don't think that she'd ever make a decision to hurt people, to hurt children, to hurt those who are without, to hurt the other. And, and so, and would she win like that? Of course. Would Oprah win like that? Of course. I believe Tom Hanks would win. I know you've pitched, you know, you've pitched I mean, Oprah and Tom Hanks in the past. I have, I have twice met with Tom Hanks to convince him to run. I said, it's illegal in America to hate Tom Hanks. Okay. You just... You can hate I, his but, movies, but, just not but, him. But no, no, those movies are great. But I, 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 I think, I think that... Um, Yes, everybody, I think, pretty much agrees that job one is to remove him. Hopefully, the House and the Senate yeah. 
will do that. Before. But just to be clear, you're happy with Bernie as your choice right now. You're not still waiting for Michelle Obama to enter the race. No, 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 no. Yes, I know she's not going to no, run. No, she hates politics. Apparently. Yeah, but but I, of course, no. Bernie will crush him. Bernie will. I'm telling you, the 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 heart okay. attack. The only heart attack we need to worry about is the one Wall Street's going to have when he's <laughs> inaugurated as president of the United States. That will be the. So, okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about defeating Trump and resisting Trump. Before we get to the election, obviously there's this impeachment hearing finally happening in Ilhan's institution in the House of Representatives. Uh, it's focused on Ukraine. Is it going to bring Donald Trump down? Because in an interview earlier this month, um, Michael, you were asked if Trump was going to win in 2020. And you said, if you'd asked me that question two weeks ago, I would have said yes if the election were today. Now, after he has so brazenly committed what I think is an act of treason, so publicly and admitted it, I don't even know if he'll be on the ballot at this point. Do you really think he's going to be removed from office? I I said that before yesterday. (laughs) Yesterday was our Alexander Butterfield moment. And if you don't, if you're not old enough to remember, he's the one who sat there in that House committee, the Watergate committee, and said, well, uh, Mr. Nixon had me set up a recording system to record every conversation in in the Oval Office. At that moment, boom, done. Boom, done, because the Republicans at that moment had principles. Today's Senate Republicans no, are not going to vote for, well, more than today's Senate Republicans. Well, what does that mean? It more means that than, today's Senate Republicans... They supported the Vietnam War. Nine boys who went to high school with me came back in a box. That's not what I meant. You know what so, I meant. I meant, no, that, I meant I, that they didn't line up behind Nixon yes, in the way that yeah, this the way party lines up behind is, Yes, Mussolini's better than Hitler. What does that mean? That wasn't my question. My question was... <laughs> I'm confused. I, I mean, mean, what is that? Hey, Look, what? I love Hitler references. In ref- in, I love Hitler references. No, I'm just saying. I'm talking, about, oh I'm talking about the Republicans in the Senate. Do you believe they're going to vote to convict Trump? I wish you were. I don't see it. These people have no okay, principle. I can tell you how you I think, think it could happen. Please tell us. That's what you're here There's, for. Okay. There, <laughs> you shouldn't, listen, you shouldn't necessarily listen to what I'm saying here. I'm just. No, we I'm, want, trust me, we want to. Just, we want to. We want to. Please. <laughs> After today, this is what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I, I've lived to live a life where, I mean, I win the Oscar, and I'm 30 seconds later, I'm booed off the stage because uh, it's the fourth night of the Iraq war, and I just say on the stage, you know, they're not going to find any weapons of mass destruction. We've been taken to war on a yeah. lie. And I'm not a weapons inspector. I didn't know if they were going to find him or not. I just had a hunch. And so... Uh, so I have, I, I have to deal with the repercussions yes. of saying Trump's going to win, and he's going to win by winning Michigan, Wisconsin, that. and Pennsylvania. And you were right. And, yeah, but, yeah, when I said it, and I said it on Bill Maher, I was booed you know, by the audience of liberals. Uh, so, so I preface to say what I'm going to say here is that there are 53 Republican senators. For the vote to happen, of course, every Democrat would have to vote to convict, and then you've got to convince 20 of the 53, 20 of the 53, not the majority of yeah. the 53, but 20 of them. And Mitt Romney will lead one faction of the moralists who have had enough. The, the people that truly believe in their religion and right and wrong, and, and they are going to desert Donald Trump. They've been wanting to do this for some time. The other 10 are the ones who are going to be scared shitless for their own hide because they're going to be thrown out of office. Because, the, the, because of the states as they're changing. The Susan Collinses of this world. 
and the, the country is changing. We, we now have three states that are not white, three non-white states, Hawaii, New Mexico, and Texas is 57% not white. Last month in September was the eighth year in a row that the majority of six-year-olds, first graders, went into school and the majority of them were not white. That's eight years in a row now. In the 2040s, this yeah. will be a white minority country. So, this, so those who get that, and in those states that are flipping now, that are switching, Arizona, yeah. probably Georgia, it could be Texas if there wasn't voter suppression. But this is all happening, and the ones who are smart, the Republicans who are smart, are going to see the writing on the wall and do the right thing yeah. and be on the right side of history. Okay. The crazies that I, went into Congress today... I hope and pray you're right, uh, although I would note that you added the context of Republicans who are smart, which small, you know, narrows the pull. Uh, well, smart in the sense uh, that they are see, have see their self-interest. self-interest. Do you agree with that, Ilan? Do you think there's a, there's a, a Senate conviction possibly around the corner? I hope there is. I hope there is. Um, <clears throat> what we're trying to do in the House is do the work for them in trying to convince the public. Um, and, and we hope that there are enough people paying attention to pressure, them, to pressure them to do the right thing. I mean, most of these people, if they are not driven by conviction, they are driven by their need to keep their seat. Um, and if we have public sentiment turning um, as it is now uh, towards impeachment, we hope that they will, they will as well. On this specific we, issue. We, we have on the record that there are 33 Senate Republicans who, if it wasn't public, would... That's what Jeff Flake, the former Senate oh. Republican, said, yes. Um, so we hope that they will have enough courage to take it publicly. In the House, the impeachment inquiry that's going on is focused very much on Ukraine. There's been reports that the House leadership, Nancy Pelosi and co, want to keep it focused on Ukraine. They think it's clear, it's clean. You can get it all done and dusted before Christmas. There's another school of thought that says, actually, you need to go big. This is the most corrupt, criminal, reckless president in modern American history, if not in all of American history. Don't let him get away with kids in cages at the border, emoluments clause, corruption, threats to the press. Um, I interviewed Beto O'Rourke on this show a few weeks ago, and he said that if the House doesn't impeach him on everything that he's done wrong, then he can go into an election next year saying, well, I didn't do anything wrong. They only impeached me on Ukraine. Do you agree with that view, that the House should go big or stick to just Ukraine because it's clearer? Um, a part of me agrees with the fact that we should go big. Um, but realistically, this is our best option. It is clean and clear. Uh, we have an opportunity to show the American people what we are impeaching him on. Um, and, and I think it is going to move through the process uh, in a timely manner. I mean, there's like lists of reasons why this president should be impeached. For our audience at home, what are you flicking I, I, through? I printed them out. I think there is like 100 impeachable offenses Those that he offenses. has committed since January um, 20th of 2017. And so isn't, aren't you worried you that know, you're giving him can, a pass? We can go through all of these things. But isn't it, isn't it a and, worry that you're giving him a pass? Process, yeah. right? um, but if you think Al Capone got convicted 
um, of tax invasion. That doesn't mean that none of us knew of all of the other crimes that he'd committed and why he deserved to be in prison. Uh, and so I'm confident that we will impeach this president uh, on this particular account in Ukraine, uh, but the American people are going to know every other reason he deserved to be impeached. I love the fact that tonight we've already had references to Hitler, Mussolini and Al Capone, <laughs> just in context of talking about Trump a, and the Republican Party. A lot of those Party. fit into the, what this president let me ask you this represents question. for most of us. Michael, a lot of liberals and people on the left, when you say impeach Trump, not a lot, but there's a faction of people I hear over the last couple of years, oh, but impeaching Trump, you end, if, if he was to be convicted, you get President Mike Pence, who's worse in many ways, the ideologue. Do you share that view? Pence is caught up in the Ukraine crime and Pence will go too. Oh wow, Pence so you're Trump, calling for President Pelosi. Pence and Trump, well. That's what happens next, right? Well, yes, I mean, remember Agnew went before Nixon. Agnew was Nixon's vice president, but that was about a year before uh, the Watergate uh, impeachment vote. So there may not be enough time, but what the Constitution says has to happen is Pence becomes uh, a president, and, and then, you know, the next in line is Nancy Pelosi. Um, but he may go with Trump. I think this will probably end up in the court, or at least at the Supreme Court. I'm with Ilhan. This is what I needed to hear today after a very <laughs> yeah. long day. But, like... but, no, but, but, but that makes it also possible that we really don't know who or what's going to be on the ballot yes. next year. Um, I mean, this may be, we may be running a contest against Mitt Romney. Uh, Bloomberg may decide to go back to being a Republican. I mean, this could go any of a number of ways. Just if it goes the way of Trump being impeached, I just want to get a sense of the room here. Um, how you stand on a Trump versus a Pence presidency. I'm just fascinated by a crowd of liberals left. Who would, who would prefer a Trump presidency? Would rather he stay and not be impeached and not get Pence? Make some noise. <laughs> who would prefer a Pence presidency to a Trump presidency? Make some noise. I just wanted to get a room of lefties to cheer Mike Pence, but there you go. Yeah, that's, I am, you're being set up. I know. No, but can I, can I say something about this? About, it was worth it. About, about this point, is that here's, here's actually what is better about Pence over Trump. Pence has an ideology. Yeah. Pence believes in things. Trump has no ideology. He only believes in Donald J. Trump. Pence is also stable. That makes him... Pence is also mentally stable, so I'd take Pence well, in a flash Pence, over... But Pence... Over, Liberals are they're afraid of Pence or Pence could win because liberals are just frightened. He's got the people. charisma of a cardboard box. Well, not only that, don't let's don't be afraid of the Pence. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Or anybody like him, um, that we can't beat him. 
Did you give him a nickname? The Pence. The Pence. You sound like Trump. The Pence is here. Well, New York City created a nickname for Trump called the Donald. Yes. Because they thought he was entertainment. They should have taken him down 40 years ago. Yeah. He never would have lasted in Detroit. The fact that New Yorkers unleashed him upon us and didn't do their job. I'm, I want to make a film just about that. I want to go around asking New Yorkers, what the fuck were you doing? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I love... And then you got to go around America, ask them. The hold on, hold on, hold on. But let me, serious question, though. Yeah. You say New Yorkers helped give us Trump, right? Yes. You're a New Yorker. You no, made... I'm not. I'm from, I'm from Michigan. Okay. I live in Michigan. Okay. I vote in Michigan. Sorry, you live in New York now. But you made, you made your most recent movie. You made your most... You made your most recent movie in which you were actually quite self-critical in a way. You basically showed us clips of you and Trump uh, on Roseanne Barr's show. Mm -hmm. You showed us you and Jared Kushner at the sicko party for your movie. I'm giving Jared a, a shoulder rub. Indeed. And, and you're almost telling the viewer that you got it wrong too. You were part of that. Understandably, people think he's just a joke, like Obama thought at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Do we all get it wrong? We all just thought he was a joke no. until he wasn't. No. Um, first of all, here's what's interesting about Trump. Um, so I was asked by Roseanne, she had an afternoon show yes. after uh, the Roseanne show was over, um, and she asked me to come on, and, and he happened to be one of the guests uh, on the show. The way he tells the story on, uh, I, I have a clip on, from Fox News, uh, he said he, he and I have been out to dinner two or three times, Trump and, and me. I've never had dinner with a guy. I've, I've, it's just, a, it's a, just the, the level of lying with him is so yeah. amazing. that I, To him, it, just that he met me, at yeah. Tavern on the Green on Roseanne's show is, a, yeah. is the same as having dinner yeah. with me twice. And, uh, but, but, and the thing with Jared Kushner is, what's so funny about that, is, um, is that was a movie of mine that was released by the Weinstein Company. All right? So, we're at the, so uh, Jared owned the New York Observer. He put up the money. Nobody told me this. He put up the money for the big premiere at the Ziegfeld in New York. For Sicko. Film yeah, about. yeah. <laughs> and who, and who got him to do that? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And so we're at the party afterwards, and Harvey comes up to me and he goes, uh, Jared's, uh, Jared's a little upset. You're not, you're not giving him any attention because he paid for this whole thing. I said, he paid for this whole thing? Yeah, yeah just, just go give him some attention. <laughs> and so, you know, all right. So I walk, <laughs> I'm Michael Moore. I made the movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And he's just, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's a longer and funnier story that I'll put in a movie someday. But, 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 it, but, but uh, just on the question, yeah. do you think we didn't take him seriously enough? You yourself, did you take him seriously no, enough, I took, Trump? No, I took him. I didn't understand when I did, I did get an apartment in New York and I, and I started working in New York. I didn't understand why this town saw him as entertainment when he was such a cruel person. Yeah to his employees, uh, to the, the... He had done the full page out on the Central the Park Central Five. Central Park Five. The whole thing was just so awful. So how did he get away with it for that, that long? And not just how did he get away with it, how does he continue to get away with it? Ilhan, we're talking about impeachment. He can't handle it. I remember Nancy Pelosi saying, oh, he's goading us into impeachment, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard her say, because he's clearly having a meltdown now he's being impeached. The tweet this week where he compared his impeachment or impeachment inquiry to a lynching. What was your response when you saw that? Mm. I mean, we have a president, right, who it's, it's even hard to call him a president, who understands, I think, the, 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 the way in which his words incite um, 
particular people to act in ways that are not in line with the, the values that we have. Um, and he constantly feeds them. He sends them messages. And, uh, and my response to the press when they first asked me, because they told me about it, I didn't see the, <clears throat> I didn't see the tweet, um, was that he's the, the, uh, the chief in command of white supremacists um, in, in this country. And I believe he's constantly feeding them. Um, and, and that's why I think he's using um, that word lynching because it, it, it's, it's a way to excite them. It's without doubt the most offensive thing he's probably said since Ooh. the last offensive thing he said, which is regularly. But I think it's the most offensive thing I've heard him say since the summer when he did his whole send her back chance at the rally and the tweets about the four of you um, uh, to go back to where you came from. When you came on the podcast a year ago, we called that episode, Is Ilhan Omar Donald Trump's Worst Nightmare? Which mm -hmm. we thought was a, a fun title. Little did I think we realise how apt that title would be. Did you ever think that you would get under his skin in that way? And not just his skin, you've become a fixture in the psyche of the far right in this country. They are obsessed with everything that you say, you do, everywhere you go, whatever you, uh, positions you take. It becomes a headline on Fox News, uh, an image on Breitbart. Um, how do you deal with that on a daily basis? I don't really care. <laughs> I mean... The Breitbart thing is actually funny because, you know, um, my comms director and I often joke that uh, they actually cover the policies that I am putting forth the most. Um, they think it's bad, but, you know, like they, they she give... She wants to give everyone health care and free lunches. Yeah, they give the best advertisement, really. Yeah. I, I could run ads off of them. Um, just their headlines, and it's, it's so perfect because my constituents get to read about it because no, no other paper really is writing about Headline all... Headline from tonight's show, right, Ilhan like Omar endorses Breitbart News. Yeah, they're not Breitbart writing about news. my debt cancellation. Like they're, you know, so they're, Breitbart is, and I appreciate them for, for doing that. <laughs> I just wish the that they were reputable news no, outlets so that we, I could share it. Indeed. <laughs> and look, we, I think the best way to deal with these people often is humour. And I think also people here, I think, it's, I, think I'm, I think it's fair for me to speak for people in this room and people don't say, many people admire your boldness on this and your stoicism in the face of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's also a very serious issue in the sense that people have been arrested who are trying to kill you. Yeah. Uh, just this week, a uh, North Dakota state uh, Republican senator uh, put out a fake image of you at an Al-Qaeda training camp. Uh, you pointed as an out, adult four years before a, I was born. Indeed, in Somalia in 1978. <laughs> Just and, and you pointed out in a tweet in response, you said that uh, this is stirring up hate and violence. You said, you know, Facebook are not doing anything about this. I mean, I want to ask you two, uh, two linked questions. Has Donald Trump put a target on your back? And has Mark Zuckerberg helped people put a target on your back? Yes and yes. Um, what, you know, Ambassador Rice said something recently about um, a conversation she had with a Fox producer, Fox News Channel producer. And she said he told her that they get their viewers by finding someone to make a villain out of. Um, and, and that is 
something that they have perfected. And what Trump does and what the GOP is doing is making me into their villain. Uh, and we have really seriously drenched people in this country yeah. who... With lots of guns. Yes, but will send their threats with the exact words that the president uses to describe me, that folks on Fox News use to describe me. Um, and, you know, my, my trolls repeat the same talking points um, that the president does. And when people say, you know, the president is not doing that, no, he's clearly doing that. He clearly is trying to make sure I no longer exist or have an ability to speak um, or uh, do the work that I do. And just very briefly, Zuckerberg's not doing enough to stop that. No, absolutely not. What do you we, think you could do? We, we have done everything that we can to engage them in a conversation about how they're putting he's my busy. life in danger. I think he's a bit busy having dinner with people. Tucker Carlson. Maybe. I mean, my, my life and the lives of people who share my identities, right? When they describe me as a terrorist, every single Somali girl or a Muslim girl that's walking down the street that resembles me, her life is also in danger. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's, it's bigger than that, right? Because for me, I'm not afraid. I, I know that I am only here because God had a plan for me. I would have died, um, you know, when I was eight living through war. Um, but I made it here because there, there is still things for me to do. And I know that I will be here as long as God has that plan for me. But what I am afraid of is what the messages that they're putting out there could mean for every young girl who looks like me. Michael, Ilhan mentioned that he is the, Trump is the commander in chief of the white nationalists in the far right, he's emboldened them. When you and I spoke before the 2016 election, I remember we had a kind of back and forth about Trump voters and what motivates them. And you very eloquently made the point about what's happening in the Rust Belt, people being alienated, jobs being outsourced, people being angry. And, and, and I remember I was talking about racial resentment and fear of non-white people and racism. And there's been this debate amongst academics, journalists over the last few years. Is it racial resentment? Is it economic anxiety? Seeing what you've seen over the last few years with the send her back rallies and the white nationalists at Charlottesville, have you switched at all on that position? Do you now think actually the racist part of his base is a bigger part than the economically anxious part I've of his base? I've always said that. Bowling for Columbine is not a movie about guns. It's a movie about race. The racial fears of white people who have purchased all these guns. Uh, the, the mass shootings don't take place in our urban areas. They take place in the suburbs and in rural areas, mostly by white boys, rarely if ever by a girl. And we don't talk about that. The, it, the, what I've tried to explain is that I'm sick and tired of the media talking about the working class as being some you know, angry white guy from suburban Detroit, lunch bucket Joe. Um, that's not the working class. The majority of the working class are women. The majority of the working class are people of color. The majority of the working class are young people. They're paid the least amount of money. When you hear the words working class, all of us need to stop thinking about this, this Trump demographic of the angry yeah. white guy over 50 with just a high school education. In other words, me. Um, and and, and you, when you hear the words working class, you need to immediately in your head have the image of a 30-year-old black woman. That's the working class. 
And that's the majority of this country now. 70% next year, 70% of the people eligible to vote in this election will either be women, people of color, or young people between the ages of 18 and 35, or a combination of the three. That's 70% of the electorate. No time should be wasted trying to convince angry lunch bucket Joe to come over and vote for Bernie or Elizabeth Warren or whatever. It, it doesn't mean we don't care yeah. about him. We care, we care about him to the extent that now he's gone from lunch bucket Joe to opioid Joe. And of course, unlike when, when it was crack yeah. for a different race, that was a crack epidemic. Yeah. But when it's opioids for white people, it's a health crisis that we have to fix. We talked earlier in the show about Michelle Obama running for president. Uh, outside the box candidates running for president. A lot of people want to see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's too young of course, uh, run for president at some stage. You of course That would be an endorsement I like to make. You of course can't run for president because of the natural born citizen requirement for the I, presidency. I would never want to run for president. No, so that's what I want to ask. If that, was to, be, if that was to be amended, would you, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, make your own run for president of the United States one day? Is that Absolutely not. Why? I have no interest in being in executive office of any kind. I would never run for mayor, governor, Why? or president. Um, I like to be able to create trouble. And um, I don't think you can do that when you're the executive. Okay. That's something somebody should I mean, tell have Trump. you seen the current chief executive? <laughs> He kind that, of knows that, how to that make That really Trump. is not the model. Yeah, that's not the model. Yeah. That's not the model. But just on a, on a serious point, okay, so you don't want to run for president. Legally, constitutionally, you can't run for president. But just for people listening at home, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, young Somali women who bear the brunt of Trump's racism and threats, even if, not, not just you, but others. The people who look like you, sound like you, have similar backgrounds to you, how long till someone like that is in the Oval Office, do you think? I mean, we have not had a woman um, as, as president, and I think... Let alone a woman of color or a Muslim right, woman. I think it is um, still really hard for a lot of people to envision um, our country being run by women. People have hard time um, respecting and uh, believing in the leadership of our speaker because she's woman. Um, and, and so I know how difficult it was for the man who was presumed to be Muslim um, <laughs> to be in the White House. So I can't really imagine a hijabi um, getting elected uh, to, um, to be our, our president. I think for as much as we've made progress in, in, in this country, uh, many, of, many of the people in this country have not fully accepted. So socialist, um, yes, hijabi, no. Well, we're hoping socialist, yes. Um, or eventually and, hijabi and, socialist. And we can, uh, dream, we can dream about a hijabi socialist. Okay. Um, politicians... my, my little one certainly wants to run for, for president. Rashida told her that you could be in Congress. And Ilwad, my youngest, said, no, 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 I want to I be president. I want to be the person who runs this. Okay. Um, and so she has aspirations of being an executive Fantastic. office. Okay, good to hear. Um, politicians, I interview a lot of politicians. Mm -hmm. And I ask uh, as, as tough questions as I can, and, and often they dodge the questions or they give politicians answers, non-answers. Yes. So just tonight before we finish, Ilhan, I wanted to specifically ask you if you would uh, join me in a quick rapid fire round where you just have to give one answer spontaneously without thinking about the politics of it and just say whatever comes into your mind, the first thing that comes into your head. Let me read a prayer first. <laughs> it's very straightforward, just a few. Here we go. 
Batman or Superman? Gotta be quicker. Batman. You gotta be quicker. Batman. Gotta be quicker. Batman. Batman My or son Superman? Oh goodness. Um, Batman. Okay, here we go. Quicker. Batman or Superman? Batman. Don Jr. or Eric? None. <laughs> Hillary or Tulsi? None. That is the right answer. That is the right answer. Popeye's chicken sandwich or chicken or Chick Fil A's? Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, crowd's got strong views here. They um, don't have a drive-through. That's the only problem. Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg? None. No, if you had to pick one, if you no. had to pick one, I'm not letting you none go. I, if one I, of them is the I, candidate I, for your party, who would you rather it be? Ooh, well, you didn't say that. Okay, I'm rephrasing. I'm pausing the rapid fire to explain. <laughs> Joe Biden or Pete Buttigieg so is the nominee. So you're saying if something tragic happened. I'm not saying anything. And, I'm saying if you they, had to and pick. And they ended up being the nominee. Yes, one of those two is the nominee. There's only two I, left in the I, race. I went to Michigan and Ohio to stump for Hillary. So I am going to be completely fine in doing that because I believe. But which one of them? Um, <laughs> this is called medium fire. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. It's hard. Just say whatever comes into your head. None comes to my head. Okay. Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham? <laughs> if you want context, why, who's worse why, is my question. Who's worse? This? Who's worse? That's the question. Who's worse? Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham? You said who's honest worse? answers. You didn't say torturing answers. Uh, false advertisement. Um, It's hard to choose between people you have no respect for. Okay. Um, after, after yet, up until yesterday, I'd have said McConnell, but after yesterday and the lynching, Lindsey Graham. Socialism yeah. or liberalism? I don't what know why I call this mean? a rapid fire yeah. round. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Socialism or liberalism? Whatever comes into your head. Socialism. Brexit or Trump? <laughs> what's better, what's worse? You choose. Uh, Brexit. Okay. Is that Brexit worse or Brexit's better? <laughs> I think Brexit's worse because it's for life. At least you can get rid of Trump. Ooh. That's what I think Brexit's worse. Okay. And I'm I, British. I was so. saying that it's like easier to bear the burden of it. Facebook than, or Twitter? Twitter. I have no Facebook. Kim or Kanye? Kim Kardashian, you mean? That's normally oh. what we mean when oh, we say Kim, Kim Kardashian. Okay. Yes, yes, Kim, Kim, Kim. Kim. And last but not least, Ellen DeGeneres or George W. Bush? <laughs> you pick. Some people like his painting. Uh, Ellen. Okay. What is your message to people listening to this, both here in the hall at GW and around the country and, in, and the world, who want to do something to stand up to the Trumpification of politics, to the rise of the far right and these quote-unquote populists, but are exhausted, beaten down by the daily craziness, the daily hate? How do you get them to stay energized, stay hopeful, stay inspired? Well, I, in the words of, of Mick Mulvaney, I'd say, get over it. There's no, this is not the time to be exhausted. We are all in the French resistance. 
You know, you don't get to say, geez, I'd like to come and help out at the demonstration, but I got I to gotta take the kids to soccer. No, until now, from now till next November, the kids can walk to soccer. <laughs> All right? You know, I mean, nobody in the French... Re- Nobody in the French resistance ever said, geez, I'd like to go help you blow up that Nazi bridge, but I got couples therapy at four. You know, no, no. Get along with your spouse or whoever you're with for the next year. Focus all your attention on getting, not just getting rid of Trump, but getting rid of that which gave us Trump. The system that gave us Trump. Whether it's the electoral system, whether it's the economic system, this is what we have to focus on. We all have to pull together. It's not about whether you're for Warren or Sanders or Buttigieg or... or the, Marianne Williamson. Marianne. Hey, God bless her. God bless her. You know, no. God bless her. We all need to... Everybody needs a little zen in their life. Hope. Seriously. Hope. Especially... No, not hope. I'm against hope. Okay. No. Oh, there's in hope the last is, minute of the show, a curveball for Michael hope Moore. Is, I'm against hope. I know. This is where people are like listening to this on the podcast. No. Hope is dead. Stop hoping. Hope. Do what Greta, the 16-year-old from Sweden, you know what she says? She says, I'm sick of all you adults telling me to hope. I want action. No more sitting around hoping. We have all have to act. We have to act now. And here's, and if I were to leave people with one thing who are listening to this in their buds or the people who are in the audience, the good news is that the majority of Americans in 2019 have come to us. I never thought I'd live to see this in my lifetime. Were all the things that Bernie started fighting for back in the 60s, when he, when he was a crazy man for saying you should be able to marry the person you're in love with, regardless if it's what gender that person is, you know that that that, there's, that climate change is real. All the issues the American people on, in all yeah, the polls support 100%. us. Mass incarceration, death penalty, universal health care, minimum wage, go down the list. They believe in what Ilham believes, they believe in what I believe, they believe in what you believe. So start, quit feeling like, oh, what are we going to do? We're the majority. We're the country. We, we, have to get, we have to do the work now in these, in these next 12 months to, to actualize the things that we've already, geez, <clears throat> I mean, think about this. Martin Luther King and the early feminists, they had to work so hard to get people to convince, yeah. to, they had to convince people that black people were equal, that women were equal. I know the young people listen, what do you mean you had to convince people? No, seriously. <laughs> like 20% of the country supported the feminist movement. 15% supported the civil rights movement. They had to, that was such a climb up a hill to get people to change their minds. We don't have to convince anybody of anything. Okay. They believe there's climate change. They believe $7.25 an so hour is wrong. It's action now. It's action, okay. and, and, and it's to believe in yourself and the people with you that you can make this happen. We will make this happen. Don't hope for it. Act on it. That's the, that's the stump speech you could have got if Michael Moore had run for president, as he once suggested. He might have done. Ilhan, last word. What is your advice to people who want to know how do we resist this bigotry, this populism, this nonstop gaslighting? Yeah, do everything Michael just said. <laughs> no, no more cu- couples therapy or taking your kids to soccer <laughs> practice. Um, no, I mean, we are, we are doing it. You know, people are actively engaging uh, with our democracy. Um, people are voting 
in higher numbers than they were before, especially in my state of Minnesota. Um, people are donating uh, to candidates that people didn't before believe they could win and were worthy of their funds. Um, people are actually demanding uh, and not asking. Um, people are not just being hopeful and are not just wishing. They are actively uh, fighting for the things that they care about. There are young children. You know, my daughter is one of them um, who does not believe that she has to wait for others to act on her behalf, that it is her, you know, her um, turn to do that herself. Uh, I think it is important for us to realize that we are here today because we have been complacent in a system that did not work for us. Um, and as long as we are no longer willing to be complacent, we're going to have the America we deserve. On that note, Ilhan Omar, Michael Moore, give them a big round of applause. Thank you for joining us on the Deconstructed Live Show. And that's our show. Deconstructed is a production of First Look Media and The Intercept. Our producer is Zach Young. The show was mixed by Brian Pugh. Our theme music was composed by Bart Warshaw. Betsy Reed is The Intercept's editor-in-chief. And I'm Mehdi Hassan. You can follow me on Twitter at Mehdi R. Hassan. If you haven't already, please do subscribe to the show so you can hear it every week. Go to theintercept.com forward slash deconstructed to subscribe from your podcast platform of choice, iPhone, Android, whatever. If you're subscribed already, please do leave us a rating or review. It helps new people find the show. And if you want to give us feedback, email us at podcasts at theintercept.com. Thanks so much. See you next week. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.